Today on Let the Bible Speak. Jesus told us not to call any man a fool, but the Lord has the prerogative to do just that. And today we meet a man that the Lord called a fool. and welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's always a joy to be with you, and thank you for inviting us into your home or wherever you are at the present to open up the Word of God and study it for a few moments. I think you're going to enjoy today's program as we welcome a guest speaker, and I think you'll enjoy his preaching. Brother Don Pruitt will be joining us here in just a few moments. He is an evangelist who lives in northwest Arkansas. He lives in Rogers and regularly preaches at the South 13th Street Church of Christ in Rogers. And he conducts gospel meetings all across the United States each year and, of course, has worked in Africa and perhaps other places around the world. He's been preaching for well over 50 years, and it's been my joy and privilege to know him for over 30 of those years. You'll enjoy his preaching today, I do believe. You know, one of the most serious things that the Word of God calls any person is a fool. Jesus warned us not to call a man a fool, but God, of course, has the right to call someone just that, and he describes the fool in his word. And today, Brother Pruitt will be talking about the man that God called a fool. He'll be with us in just a moment, but first, a song from the congregation.
Good morning. Today we want to call your attention to a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 13 through verse 21. The Bible said Jesus went with His disciples through the land of Perea, and it was on the east side of Jordan. It was a part of the country of Israel that He had never been to before, but the people in that area were familiar with Him. They, they had not seen Him, but they had received the message of the 70 that had, disciples that had been sent out by Jesus throughout the country. And so wherever he went, there was always a multitude of people who was anxious to see him and to hear him preach. Picking up the reading in verse 13, the Bible said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable in them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room for to bestow my crops? And so he said, I will do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I store all of my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall all of those things be which thou hast provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I want to begin by saying that there are rich men who are very poor and there are some very poor men who are very rich. And in order to be able to see that, we have to understand that, that we're looking not at the physical values of, of one's life, but really the spiritual values are the ones that really count. When did Jesus tell us that this man went wrong? He was a successful farmer. If you look at verse 16, the Bible said, It was not when his fields were beautiful and harvest was abundant with all of his crops. Here was a man who had worked hard to prepare his fields and the Lord had blessed them. And he certainly was not wrong in being a good farmer. Verse 17 said, it, it wasn't when he thought within himself, what shall I do? He evaluated a problem that had arisen in his life. And he began to try to dis dissect how, how he would handle those problems. And, and it's good to make decisions, business decisions. And that's the will of God. But he was surely wrong when he got to the point where he said, I have no room where to bestow my goods. He had no room for all of God's blessings, but he had a really empty space in his soul. He has a great opportunity to help other people to follow in the steps of Jesus, but in his greed, he left everything out. He left others out. He left God out. He left the plan of God out. God expects us to be a people that are a giving people. God gives us much of what we have to enable us to share with other people. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5, Paul makes a statement concerning the statement of Jesus about this farmer. He said that he was a covetous man. And to the Colossian brethren, Paul said, Therefore put to death your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And you know, that was kind of a surprise to me that he would list the sin of covetousness with the carnal sins like fornication or spiritual uncleanness or evil passions or desires. And covetous fits in that because the idea of the lust 
is is the same concept. These lives are are the lives that that need to be demonstrated in our life following the will of God. And our, our life cannot be involved about just those things that pertain to us. He said the same thing to the Ephesian brethren in chapter 5 and, and in verse 5 when he said, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And so the man wasn't wrong when he looked at the things that he had and the prosperity that the Lord had given him. But the fatal mistake that this foolish man made is described in verse 5, or verse 19, when he said, And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. You know, this man talked to himself. This certainly wasn't soul talk. This certainly was not spiritual concepts that he was dealing with. The, the voice that you're hearing this man uses is the voice of the flesh. The spiritual man cannot be satisfied with the things that are natural. And Paul explained that in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17 when he said, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you wish. The idea of covetousness and the real danger there is that it's so controlling. It, it keeps our lives in a battle where we're fighting against ourselves because part of us wants to go the, the way of our own betterment. And there's another part within us that wants to follow the plan of God. If I was to ask you today, who is your favorite preacher in all the history of the world, not counting Jesus? I think most of us would probably say it was the Apostle Paul. He's the greatest evangelist that ever lived, preached the gospel throughout the world under tremendous persecutions and great difficulty. But he said this about himself in Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse 14. He said, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I that do it, that sin, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not do. But the evil that I will not do, that's what I practice. Now, if I do that which I would not do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that evil is present with me, and the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inner man, but I see another law in my members. Listen, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? And then Paul declared, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. It's hard to think about the Apostle Paul dealing with the problems of covetousness, isn't it? I mean, he was a man who gave his life. I mean, literally 
gave his life. They stoned him to death in, in, in Lystra. And, and the brethren gathered around him. And by the power of God, he was resurrected from the dead and got up to continue preaching. I mean, he was committed to the law of Jesus Christ. But when he gives you an inner picture of himself, he wants you to understand that these are things that he struggled with too. And if Paul struggled with those issues, surely you and I are at risk, are in danger of doing those very same things. In chapter 8, we just read Paul's acknowledgement in chapter 7. But listen to chapter 8, beginning at verse 10, when he said, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The real battle that happens within us is the issue is so personal to us. It's, it's all about us. It's about what we think. It's about our family. It's about our friends. It's about our jobs. Do you ever stand someplace, maybe even in a church house, and you're visiting with some of the brethren or maybe a sister in Christ, and, and she's telling you all about her life and her medical conditions and their vacation and all the things that they do, and, and she'll take 15 minutes in that conversation, and when it's over, you realize you, you, you never got a chance to say anything about your family. Because our world has come to a place that most folks just concentrate on themselves. I think one of the risks or dangers that happens to us in our, our, our fast-growing IT world is that we're getting away from the personal contact that's necessary as we teach and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to go into all men and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the mission of the church. And, and this man was very successful in business. And we have a lot of brethren and, and we have a lot of friends, friends who watch this program on a regular basis who are very successful. You're, you're very good at your job. You, you've been well educated. You've worked hard. You've, you've got that drive in you that, that, that makes you successful and that's great for you and your family. But the danger, these passages said, is, is, is that when we start making those issues really what's most important. When we begin to look at our life and our family and our home and where we live and what we know and what we can do, and don't think anything about the Lord or spiritual matters, we're covetous people. And as I said a moment ago, when, when Paul talks about covetousness in his own life, he's also the one who told us that, that the sin of covetousness is like the sin of fornication or immorality. It, it's something that is, is a, a very strong pull on our life, like the sexual desire, and, and really leads us into this horrible sin that Jesus called covetousness. Do you remember Esau? Do you remember the story in, in Genesis chapter 25 when one of the brothers went off to hunt 
he had a little brother at it was more like his mama, I guess, and and so while the big brother went out to hunt and enjoy all the things in the woods and the wild life that he wanted to live, his little brother was home cooking a pot of beans. And when the hunter decided to turn home, he made his journey and across the across the breeze there there came the, the smell of his brother's pottage of, of of his beans cooking. And you know when you've hunted or fished all day, when you've You've done what you wanted to do, and you've been so, so concentrating on those issues. You don't even think about eating. In fact, if you go on a trip and you, you, you come back, a lot of times you don't even realize you're hungry till you get to the truck. You don't think about it when you're doing your hunting and fishing. But this man, on his way back, got the smell of his brother's beans, and it, it really affected him. And when he came to his brother, he, he asked him to eat. And his brother asked him, what will you give me for it? And that's really the question of the ages, isn't it? It all comes down to what it costs, especially in a covetous world. And he said, what will you give me for it? Would you give me your birthright? And the Bible said Esau thought within himself, and, and his, his form of reasoning was, is, I'm going to die anyway. I'm starving to death. And, and if I don't eat, I'm going to die. And if I'm going to die, what's the birthright to me? What does it mean to me? You see how he's weighing out the balance? You see how he's thinking within himself as to how things are going to really work in his life? All he could think about right now is me. I, I need to be satisfied. And it's going to take a bowl of beans to do it. And yet, the Bible talks about him when the Hebrew writer said in chapter 12 and verse 15 and 16, he said, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. You know, we, we don't get the idea about Esau's immorality. Uh, we know he loved to hunt. We, we know he loved to be out in the woods. We, we know he, he, he enjoyed all of those blessings that, that come from God and, and incorporated them in his life, evidently, often. But, but now, the writer of the Hebrew epistle tells us that, that Esau was a profane person and, and he decided that because he was like a fornicator. And again, there's the same issue that Paul addressed in the Colossian epistle and the Ephesian epistle that, that we mentioned ago. It, it's something that really gains control of us and drives us in the wrong direction. So we need to be very careful about the sin of covetousness. We need to understand that life here on earth is really not just about me and mine. Are you in yours? It comes foot down to fulfilling the law of God in your life. And when you look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, His life was always about somebody else. He was God. He was the creator of all the universe, Paul said to the Colossian brethren. And yet, because of your need and my need, He left heaven's bliss and came to earth and died, died the horrible death of the cross 
Not because he needed to. Not because he was guilty. But you and I were guilty. You and I were lost eternally. We had no hope without the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had no hope of salvation unless Jesus stepped up to the plate. And he did. And he knocked it out of the park. And he gave us the opportunity of eternal life through the sacrifice that he made. He lived his life from eternity to eternity for the well-being of all of us. At the end of this story, Jesus quickly tells the close of the man's life when he said in verse 20 and 21, But God said unto him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of thee, then who shall all of those things be which thou hast provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There's the issue, brethren. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Is your life all about you? Is it all about what you like? Is it all about what you have? All about what you're doing? Do you have time to look on a neighbor that may not be as blessed? Who may be lost, eternally lost, and headed in the wrong direction? Do you, brethren, who watch this program, ever really give serious thought to the purpose of this program to reach the lost souls with the saving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This program is not about itself. This program is about other people. You can say no to your mother. You can say no to your loved ones. You can even say no to the preacher. You can say no to the Word of God. You can stand and squeeze the back of a pew during an invitation song and never walk up the, the, the aisle to give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. But one of these days, you're, you're not going to be able to put it off. One of these days, you, you, you can say no to the preacher and you can say no to the folks or all of those things, but somebody's going to knock on your door. Death is going to knock on your door and you're going to yield to death. You're going to answer that knock. We don't know when it happened. But we do know that when Jesus addressed the issue of this covetous man who interrupted him in his speech and says, Lord, I want you to understand my brother's not treating me right. Not when it comes to money. I want you to talk to them. I want you to talk to him about that. I want you to change his heart and change his mind. But the Lord just said, I'm, I'm not an arbitrator in those matters. But that one who's not an arbitrator is going to be your eternal judge. In Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 21, the prophet said, For death has come through our windows and has entered our palaces. Our homes are a place of security, but they can't shut death outside. Death is going to come. It's going to come to your life. And then the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to that which they've done, whether they be good or bad.
one of these days you're going to stand before the Lord to give an account of how you lived your life. If it's all about you, you're headed the wrong direction. In the resurrection morning, when the trump of God shall sound, we shall rise. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all of our past broadcasts, plus extra videos including Let the Bible Speak Classics all the way back to the 1960s. And get new updates, go to YouTube and search for Let the Bible Speak TV and click on subscribe. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. You've been listening to Brother Don Pruitt from Rogers, Arkansas. And we're so glad he was with us today. If you live in northwest Arkansas, pay the South 13th Street Church of Christ in Rogers a visit and meet Don and the wonderful brethren who worship there. And I think you'll be glad you did. If you'd like to have a free printed transcript of Brother Don's sermon today, just ask for the lesson, The Man God Called a Fool. Again, The Man God Called a Fool. And that copy will be on its way as soon as we can get it to you. It doesn't cost anything, and that's the case with anything we ever offer here on the program. I like to repeat from time to time, we not only never sell products here on this program, everything we offer is free. We will never solicit donations of any kind from you. We're just simply glad you're here from week to week, and we hope that you all we ask from you is an open mind and an open heart and an open Bible, that you consider the things that we have to say from the Word of God and encourage other people to watch the program as well. Lord willing, I'll be back next week with a Bible study and hope you'll plan to join me then. Have a great week in the meantime. And remember, you can find us online at ltbstv.org. We're on YouTube, Facebook, so be sure to like and subscribe. We'll see you next week. God bless. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. 
Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.